To be fair, Sean Spicer does have a pretty tough and often thankless job. Imagine standing up there free-forming on policy with a couple dozen unfriendly, often hostile, critical, independent thinkers in the room. I mean, it's not like you're fronting for a Democrat. If you're fronting for a Democrat president, it's a lot easier. You can just, you know, spoon feed them some Soma Pablin non-information and have them rush off and make urgent phone calls pretending that they're doing critical thinking, truth to power, independent, tough-minded journalism. But it's tough if you are a Republican. And so I'm going to I'm going to criticize Sean Spicer and then I'm going to build yay verily a wall of reason and evidence around him to shield him from well, some some criticisms, which I think you'll understand when uh, I talk about what what he said. There's three sort of foundational rebuttals to this media stuff that's going on at the moment. I'll be right there in just a second. But let's talk about what the challenge is. So April 11th, 2017, Press Secretary Sean Spicer said the following, and I quote, You look, we didn't use chemical weapons in World War II. You had someone as despicable as Hitler who didn't even sink to using chemical weapons. So you have to, if you're Russia, ask yourself, is this a country that you and a regime that you want to align yourself with? You have previously signed on to international agreements rightfully acknowledging that the use of chemical weapons should be out of bounds by every country. To not stand up to not only Assad, but to your own word, should be troubling, end quote. Do, do you see the problem there? Do you see the challenge he's, he's going to face? Okay, but just for those who were hypnotized by the car-like spiral-eyed indoctrination of what laughably passes for history in government schools, bringing up the Second World War and unsavory allies in the same breath, kind of a bit of a challenge for anyone who knows anything about the history of the Second World War, to wit... The uh, Allies, uh, in particular, of course, the UK and the US, more than happy to ally themselves with mass-murdering, complete psychopath Joseph Stalin, slaughtered millions upon millions upon millions of his own uh, citizens and uh, in, in ungodly ways, of course, as well. So I don't know that you want to bring up the Second World War and unsavory allies, particularly when you're talking about Russia. You understand it's a bit of, bit of a challenge. Um, second point, Sean, if everyone and their dog has said literally for about the last 18 months that your boss, Donald Trump, literally Hitler, he's just Hitler. Well, you might want to avoid contrasting, you know, other people to Hitler all the time. Godwin's law cuts both ways. And uh, when it comes to the U.S. and unsavory allies, do you really want to be in that glass house slinging those stones? I mean, yeah, well, Stalin, the aforementioned Stalin, um, the uh, U.S. helped uh, also mass murdering Chairman Mao get into power uh, in the 40s uh, in, in China. Again, one of the greatest mass murderers in history. Uh, I don't know, Saudi Arabia. Uh, America sells lots of arms to Saudi Arabia. Uh, they have handshakes and uh, seem to have quite the bromance going on, at least in the past. And, um, you yeah, know, Saudi Arabia currently waging a hideous war, um, targeting uh, a lot of people, including civilians. Uh, at least they're getting hit pretty regularly, some by uh, weaponry that the U.S. sold to Saudi Arabia. So that's not necessarily the very best of allies uh, when you want to criticize other people's choice of allies. Uh, Saddam Hussein was also originally, of course, a U.S. ally armed by the United States. And, uh, you know, you could really put in most regimes in the world unless you think that everyone America ever sold arms to in the world remains a perfect angel. Well, oh, uh, ISIS, you know, speaking of 
groups that America has armed and trained. Uh, ISIS armed and trained by the U.S. in uh, Syria. It's not really a civil war. It's a um, foreign-fueled proxy war, you know, like, like in um, Korea and, and in um, Vietnam and other places. Um, oh, other people uh, in, in Amer- America has, has armed and trained. Uh, Osama bin Laden, the, the Mujahideen uh, in the uh, Afghanistan hinterlands, uh, armed and trained by the U.S. to fight against um, the Russians uh, uh, in the 1980s. So, of course, you know, just off the top of my head, but uh, if you don't know any of this stuff and you, you really need to get, get a hold of it, good job, government schools. You really have helped whitewash uh, history uh, pretty, pretty solidly there. Good job. And, um, you know, when it comes to criticizing other governments for not following international law, for not following, say, their own laws, you know, what could be termed the Constitution, I don't know, like dropping dozens of tomahawks on a country that's not threatening you, like that, you mean? So, Sean went on and clarified, and I quote, As I mentioned yesterday, I don't see a peaceful, stable Syria in the future that has Assad in charge. There's no question that you can't have a peaceful Syria with Assad in charge. I don't see how that ever works. So no, I don't see a future Syria that has Bashar al-Assad as the leader of that government. (laughs) Really, you don't? You don't see a stable and peaceful Syria with Assad at the helm? That's because you're not going to see a peaceful and stable Syria. We need to deal with reality, right? You have a conglomeration of various warring Muslim and other sects. You have a country with an average IQ at best of 83. You have had two centuries of Western map-making jamming together hostile groups uh, in one pseudo-country. You have Israeli influence. You have the Kurds. You have Turkey. You have the aforementioned proxy wars. You have oil interests. You have pipeline refusals. You have in the country 30 to 40% cousin marriages. You have a government that's looking for petrodollar alternatives. You're never going to have a peaceful Syria, Sean. Unless there's some strong man in charge. Sorry, that's reality. For the next hundred years at least. Deal with it. Get used to it. Take a deep breath and absorb the facts. And what does it mean, Sean, when you say, I don't see this or I don't see that? You know you're supposed to be kind of like this hand puppet of the administration, right? You're the ventriloquist's doll, let's say. I mean, I hate to say it, but kind of who cares what you think? What you think? Like a cop comes up and says, I feel like you're going to be arrested. It's like, well, am I going to be arrested or not? I don't know. Or, you know, you're the doctor waiting for some result. An oncologist, and the nurse hands over the report and says, I don't see a future for you without cancer. It's like, is that your opinion? Are you reading from what the doctor says? I kind of want to know the facts here, not your thoughts, your feelings. So, I'm okay. The reporter said, I just want to give you an opportunity to clarify something you said that seems to be gaining some traction right now. And he quotes Spicer back to himself. Hitler didn't even sink to this level of using chemical weapons. What did you mean by that? Now, Sean Spicer Spicer replied, quote, I think when you come to sarin gas, there was no... He was not using the gas on his own people the same way that Assad is doing. I mean, there was clearly... I understand your point. Thank you. There was not... He brought them into the Holocaust Center 
I understand that. But I'm saying, in the way that Assad used them, where he went into towns, dropped them down to innocent, into the middle of towns, it was broad. So the use of it, I appreciate the clarification there. That was not the intent. Man, that's a mighty passive language. So at some point, halfway through this, you know, if you have a vague sense of political self-preservation, you just put on a Batman mask, say, I'm Batman, and you run out of the room, or you you pull some sort of device, some sort of trapdoor that's going to have you just vanish. Or you just say, and you run. Or, or something, to tumble out of the room. Anything like that. So, of course, when he starts talking about using chemical weapons against your own people, the Anne Frank Center for Mutual Respect said, quote, On Passover, no less, Sean Spicer has engaged in Holocaust denial. The most offensive form of fake news imaginable by denying Hitler gassed millions of Jews to death, said the center's executive director, Stephen Goldstein. Quote, Spicer's statement is the most evil slur upon a group of people we have ever heard from a White House press secretary. Okay, now again, I'm giving you the criticism. Just wait again, three key rebuttals that will blow this whole narrative out of the water. So, Democrat... Um, House leader Nancy Pelosi said, while Jewish families across America celebrate Passover, the chief spokesman of this White House is downplaying the horror of the Holocaust. Either he is speaking for the president or the president should have known better than to hire him. So, this is uh, kind of important. So, regressive leftists as well as the mainstream media. Oh, sorry, I'm kind of repeating myself. So they're calling for, uh, they're calling Spicer anti-Semitic and, and a Holocaust denial, denier, uh, also calling for him to be, to be fired. And, you know, there's really quite a storm going on and I can see where it's coming from. So I can only imagine that in, in challenging times like these, you know, people like Sean Spicer who are being attacked by the mainstream media could really, really benefit from a powerful or a series of powerful alternative media voices pushing back against these attacks and correcting the misperceptions and the falsehoods and the untruths. So here we go. Remember I said I was going to give you three things. Here we go. Oh, well, hang on. Sean Spicer was agitating for regime change in Syria, which will be an ungodly nightmare. Oh, well, look at that. You know, just realized I have better things to do with my time.